0: Hi and welcome everyone to the 52nd episode of Serum Rocks. This is Markus Alansson and today's podcast will be about KPI and analytics with Power BI. And with me today, I have Ulrik Carlson from Elevate Solutions. Ulrik is from Denmark and have been living in San Francisco for just over six years. Working with Dynamics for 12 years and counting since version 1.2, been working with CRM systems in general for 17 plus years. Now a senior solution architect with Elevate Solutions. He has a passion for visualizing data and getting the most knowledge and insights out of it. He has been writing on CRM chart guy for just over four years and did the first Dynamics 365 trainings in Africa and the Middle East. He has done a number of business intelligence and Power BI classes for Microsoft, including Extreme 365, where he got voted the best speaker on the technical track. Welcome, Ulrik Carlson.
1: All uh, right, thank you very much, Marcus. Uh, thanks for the invite. <laughs> thanks for the introduction. There, I feel I feel a little old hearing all those all those numbers there. <laughs> so, um, but I guess I, I guess I have to own up to it. Yeah, now it's the time, right? Yeah. <laughs> So how are you doing? Doing good, thanks. Yeah, and like I can just mention that like my, me being voted the best speaker there on the technical track at C sixty five must be some kind of error in the, um, in the polling devices that they were giving out. I mean, there were, there were some great content there. So it's definitely a, a, a conference that I hope to, to go back to in the future as well.
0: Yeah, and that must be a huge pat on the back for you then. I mean, getting voted the best speaker, that's a big thing
1: uh thank you uh so yeah now now the pressure is on right i'm gonna have to to try and outdo myself in the future
0: so crm is all about managing a customer relationship so
1: what is a good customer relationship to you so that is a great question and and not to sound corny but the the focus is on the relationship it's it's knowing what your customers are want having have an idea like how do you how do you solve the issues um work with their systems basically provide value to to their processes or their systems or their platforms um you know obviously in our case with with dynamics 365 but in on the other sense mostly what we do is helping you know our customers improve their relationship with their customers basically by, from my perspective, giving them better insights to how the relationship is and what they potentially can do next to improve it. So, who are your customer? So, well, I have a I have a variety of customers, but um, all my customers work with Dynamics 365 mostly for for services as well as for sales and basically use the the system and i I guess the traditional sense of handling incoming service cases um getting them done in a timely manner handling the sales process the all the opportunities sending out the the quotes so to a certain extent it's it's a very traditional the traditional crm and i think we can still use the crm term right even the even though the product itself changed name to dynamics 365 In in my book in essence i think it is still a crm system even though it may not have it in the in the name itself
0: yeah and, and this show is called crm rock so i will keep using the term crm <laughs> for a while still
1: and I know and my, my Twitter hand is obviously on blog is CRM chart guy. So I'm definitely going to stick with the, 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 the CRM part of it too. I mean, in some of my, my previous jobs, before I started working with Dynamics, you know, we were using other CRM systems, no, with none of which actually had CRM in the name, but internally they were always referred to as the CRM system. So I don't think it has to be called uh, have CRM in the name for us to refer to it as a CRM system. So what is it that you do? Well, now I am a senior solution architect at Elevate Solutions. So I work with, with our customers through basically through the whole process of the implementation, the planning phases, making sure that we you know, get the right plan, get all the right services what the platform should look look like, not just in terms of Dynamics 365, but are we gonna go online versus on premise and what all the services that that might be included. And then one thing I really like about our our approach is that we have a, an immersive approach to it. So we basically teach the people working with us with the customer, people in front from the customer, basically work with us and get trained in building the solution at the same time. So they have hands-on; they really get their hands dirty. And and once it's time to go live, you know, you have people on the the inside of the customer who who's literally helped build the solution, uh, which tends to to help a lot in you know, the the initial support side and actually having people who, who knows the solution really well so they can basically hang on their own and that usually counts for for a much better user adoption.
0: So if we go to Power BI and Dynamics 365, is that a match made in heaven?
1: <laughs> good good questions. There's definitely some big advantages to using Power BI with with Dynamics 365. So we're obviously talking about like adding two different different services you have dynamics 365 platform and then using the power bi service with the data that's that's on it and you know we definitely get some hooks and some integrations and some some options to embed power bi into dynamics 365 and use them in in a fairly good context of each other
0: what is good about power bi what is the power
1: <laughs> the the power of Power BI, and I guess from you know with my with my CRM background, a Dynamics 365 background, you know I often look at you know what could we do with built-in charts and dashboards for example versus what can we do now with power bi where does it actually extend um our our abilities and and one of the options one is like we can work with power bi we can work with much much larger data sets the dashboards and charts kind of limited us at fifty thousand records you know in in power bi we're looking at you know we either have a Gigabyte of data for the free version, up to 10 gigs of data for the for the paid for version, the professional version. So you know we are talking completely different sizes of the data sets that we can we can work with. Um, another great power of Power BI is that we can add uh, different data sets from different sources. We're not limited to just using what's within Dynamics 365. So we not only can add more data, we can also add data from all kinds of different places. And then there's obviously some of the calculations uh, and, and KPIs that you can create within Power BI. You can start working with standard deviations. You can easier create calculations that has uh, specific filters on them. Um, so you can, get, you can create a lot more advanced calculations inside Power BI that wouldn't necessarily be possible with, uh, with the charts, for example. You can do a lot with charts. You have all like the sum, aggregate, Uh, minimum, max, and you can do percentages and stuff. But we can't really get near what you can do with Power BI. So it definitely opens up a whole new world of the type of calculations that you can do with your Dynamics 365 data.
0: So can you sort of exclude outliers? If it's outside a certain range or it deviates too much, then it's probably an error in the data?
1: Yeah, that's one of the areas that you can work with. And you can basically filter, massage your data in your data model. So you have outliers, you have data that's probably incorrect that you can easily filter out and not include in your calculations. So there's definitely some options there. Even if you have records that were made in error, are easier to remove from your calculations to inside Power BI than they might be inside Dynamics 365, for example. So another, another area that, that I like, it has been, been to me, it's been quite a bit of a limitation in, inside these, the charts and dashboard is that it's, it's become a lot easier to work with like a date table and working with date measures, meaning that, you know, especially with sales, we want to put things on a, on a calendar or we want to have every single date over the course of a year represented in our chart. We don't want to have holes where we have missing data. So in Power BI, you can use a date table to do that and use some create some a lot more advanced date calculations easier comparison of how you can compare you know last year sales to date versus this year sales to date um, or fiscal year to date a fiscal quarter to date versus last year or previous period any of those kinds of relationships there was kind of you could do a few of them inside the with the dashboards and charts and actually have a Actually, one of my more popular blog posts is on on doing that kind of comparison. But to the extent that you can do it with Power BI, you definitely have a lot more lot more features on there. And another great option is working with with uh, using other relationships inside your data model. So another um, chat that I've been, been asked to do a lot, which you unfortunately cannot do with the charts inside CRM is, if, for example, if you have cases and you want to have a line chart of the different cases based on the dates and see how many you open and how many you close per date. So you basically have two date fields on the same entity that you want to map on on a calendar or like on a date timeline. And you just can't do that in with the chart XML. Because you only have, you don't have the relationship to a date table, for example, and you can't group by different attributes on the same entity. However, Power BI allows you to create connections to this date table, for example, and specify depending on the type of date field that you're looking at, the date the case was created versus the date it was closed, and specify different. Relationships to the date table that you want to use, and basically put them on the same line chart, and really get that view of how are you creating or opening and closing cases in context of each other. So you can always also make a calculation on how many uh, cases you had open at a given time. That's some of the limitations with within um, Dynamics 365. The Power BI kind of comes out and like adds all these features to to Dynamics now, uh, and even with the free version, you know, it's great, we get we get all these additional, additional features inside Dynamics by using Power BI with Dynamics 365.
0: If you look at the case closing, isn't that a separate table within Dynamics CRM itself? That's creating some of the problems as well, that you have this case resolution record that is the date where it's closed
1: yeah uh, great great catch so the the case resolution table and i guess it's the same for the the for when you you close an opportunity you have that that same additional record in its own entity that contains all the information about you know how was this case resolved when did we resolve it what status did we resolve this as what's close to cancel or what what happened with it and then we have the state stamp that doesn't actually insert exist on the case itself so Within Dynamics 365, we had some option where we could technically look at that date as well. It was, it was kind of it was difficult to create. You would have to open up the the chart XML or the fetch XML and definitely make some some serious modifications to it in order to get to that table and get to that date. Um, however, with Power BI, um, you know that that's one of the standard features within the data modeling that when you pull in your data and you have all your cases, you can essentially grab the latest resolve date from your case resolution and make that a part of your case table um, if that's the only date that you need. Uh, Otherwise, you can also bring in the case resolution table and basically, you know, start doing reporting off off of that table as well. So that gives you a lot more flexibility and it's, it's, I guess, a learning curve of doing that versus learning how to do it with the chart xml is probably easier to get started with in in power bi than it would would be starting to try and modify the text xml and that's now and that's before i even get to the other limitations that i was just talking about that depending on the type of visualization we want to do with that data you know sometimes and especially for the cases opening and closing um, we would have to use power bi in in that scenario
0: so that's a good segue to to what I was thinking, I mean we dive straight into this, but I mean Power BI seems so big, so I'm I'm more worried about where I start.
1: So yeah, and it's it's always kinda um, and, and to me too, when I got started with Power BI, like what is this? Where where do I get where do I get started? You know, we see the content packs, we see demos, you know, a lot of the demos initially at least that were, were available of Power BI um I had this little, uh, I, I found them a little frustrating because you saw a lot of these demos online for conferences and stuff. And somebody would you know, demo and say, this is how we connect Power BI to Dynamics 365, for example. And we would open up and look how we connected it. And then they would start talking about how they model the data and made all these really great looking visualizations. And somewhere within that switch, they, they actually changed the data source from being Dynamics 365 that we're talking about connecting to, to being an Azure SQL database that only had the tables and fields that was actually required for the visualization that they were going to create in the demo. So they basically had the perfect data set of the perfect data model to work with for the last part of their presentation. So I've seen a number of those. Um, and it was a little frustrating because then you go home and follow the first part and you add... You you connect Power BI to Dynamics 365 and then you know you look at all the table lists and then you select some tables and you get because how how many entities are in, in CRM now? 300? 400? I think <laughs> <It's>, no, <laughs> it's
0: not from the beginning. I I hope not, but a couple of hundred at least.
1: Um, it's it's a lot, and it also depends on whether or not you install Field Service and Project Service and all those things. Uh, yeah, true. Your, your your trial, so it it. Very quickly um, adds up, and then you have you know at least a couple hundred fields per entity that you select, like account and contact, um, have a ton of fields, and most of them you actually don't need. Um, so it gets it gets very frustrating to work with because it kind of gets difficult to in your visualization segment of Power BI it gets very difficult to find the fields and everything that you're actually looking for, and it doesn't help that everything also has the schema names right. So if you were not you know. From our side you know being CRM consultants and having work with the admin side and we kind of know the schema names and we know that cases are called incidents and estimated revenue is really called estimated value and those things but um, normal users wouldn't know that they've probably only seen the display name that's actually in that they see inside CRM so that can get get very frustrating to to work with so but in in getting started i I like. The idea of, you know, when you start out, have a look at some of the content packs that are available. So basically, when you go to powerbi.com and you sign in with your ID um, and click on get data uh, and on services, and you search for the Dynamics CRM content pack. And I should mention, they're still called Dynamics CRM content packs. They haven't added the, the Dynamics 365. Uh, name yet so you can still search for dynamic crm um, and install them on for sales and services and basically get some inspiration for you know what you need it's going to set set a lot of the things up for you however when it comes to creating your own visualizations and really working and creating your own kpis you need to get the power bi desktop application um, and download the desktop application and connected directly to Dynamics 365. So once you connect to Dynamics 365, your most important job there is basically to create a data model that you can use. And I always recommend here, like this is kind of the, the boring part a little bit, I think of working with Power BI because that's where you want to see it, like you go through these couple of hundred tables and select only the tables that you need. Then you go through all the fields, you know, at least a couple of hundred fields per entity and select only the ones that you need. So you have a pretty clean data model to work with and you create the relationships between those tables too. It's also much easier to manage those relationship if you only have the tables that you need and only have the fields that you actually actually need for that. And I always recommend when you do this, you know, um, on opportunities, for example, you want estimated value or estimated revenue, you want the, the the name of the opportunity and the account and all those things, but always include the ID field as well, so you have that unique identifier. If you get to include that, it can be impossible to connect the different tables to each other and create those. Uh, those relationships. Um, And another part that I recommend, especially if you're not going to be the end user of your data model, make sure you change the names uh, of all the fields and entities to what the users are are actually expecting. So incidents would, for example, be called... cases when the, the user looks at it, or whatever, you might actually be calling it inside Dynamics 365, as long as it's what the end user expects, because otherwise they're not going to be able to find it. So that's kind of like, the, I think the little bit um, parts of it is interesting because you're working with the data model and the relationship. Um, but a part of it is also just like some some grunt work of making everything uh, look great and making sure that everything has the right names. However, that is an extremely important part of the, the, the job because because if Power BI is, is you, you want to make Power BI and create a data model that is this self-service tool, which is essentially the way Power BI is promoted, you need to make sure that the data model is something that, you know, your end users can use as as self-service. Um, because if you include all the fields, all the tables, don't change the names, um, then then it's going to be too frustrating. It's going to be information overload. They're not going to be able to find the correct fields in, in the model there. So once you get started with it, um, you know, it's actually this. And that's some nice uh, tips and tricks on how you can actually just narrow it down and just make sure you only have the, the tables and fields that you need makes it a lot easier. So once you get to that first step and creating, creating your visualizations, you um, it's that it seeming pretty straightforward to be using Power BI. And you can really see why it's called a self-service, power, uh, self-service analytics tool. So
0: is there any way to get the fields that I have on any form and start with that? What do you mean? So I have a couple of forms on account. So I have one for sales, one for services. And basically, I have, I have two forms. or or just one, perhaps. And I want all the fields that I have on my form, and there's no button to just say, okay, go, boom. I want to select all of these that I have on the form and start with that so I don't have to go through these 150 columns or attributes that I have before. I I mean, if I have the ones that I have on the form, I'm probably 80% correct.
1: Yeah, uh, that's actually a good idea. And and in case anyone's listening and and feel like creating a tool for the community that would be very useful and fill a gap, uh, something that could could look at your your metadata in Dynamics 365 and basically uh, help you modify your data model inside Power BI and add the display names and stuff like that. That would be that would be phenomenal. Um, I don't think that's a really in a shortcut to do that—you um, kind of have to go through those uh, entities and uh, tables and all those fields separately. Um, I think one thing you can do is use a tool like the XM Toolbox, for example, to get a short list of all the fields that are on the account form. So when you look at accounts, you can you can basically use um, one of the attribute tools to see which fields with the schema names are are on the form. And then inside Power BI, you can basically have that open on, on the other screen or next to it and quickly type in those fields. You get, get those in, those included. But yeah, if, if, if anyone's listening and, and, and feel like creating a tool like that and know how that will be done, then I'm sure many, many people out there will, will appreciate it. I'll be happy to help promote it.
0: That's probably where you want to start with something like that, so you don't have this clean sheet scenario that you're describing to us now, and as you said, also the displayed labels or if you have important and other base language, then that's none of the labels will be correct then
1: right, right, yeah, and that's why that's one of the challenges uh challenges too. But were, when you have different labels, depending on the uh, different languages, as soon as you start modifying it um, inside Power BI, you basically have your own version of, of your data model with the specific names for the different columns and so on. So, which might not match whatever language that the end user is in. So, um, there can be some challenges there as well.
0: And And even if you have in English and you've changed it, then you have to change it twice because it's both in CRM and in Power BI now.
1: Correct, (laughs) correct. So you're actually adding two two places.
0: Yeah, a bit tedious, but it can be done. How do I work out my KPIs then? Is is that uh, the difficult part or uh, I hopefully have something before?
1: So I, I think once you have your data model, once you have, you know, just narrowed it down, gotten over that hurdle of, of getting started um, and, and start calculating the, the KPIs, the next step is looking into the, uh, the formula language is called DAX, um, data analysis expression language, uh, DAX. And one thing I found interesting when I was getting started with Power BI is that you can you know we all google for help when you know i'm trying to create a formula i'm trying to do xyc in in power bi and one thing I noticed um, early on is that you actually get uh, often get better results if you search for how do I do X Y Z in DAX and not necessarily just the Power BI because DAX is used in, in several different services and applications, uh, not just for Power BI. So there's lots of blocks, SQL blocks, etc. that has a lot of detailed information on how to create these KPIs, and a lot of times you can basically find you know formulas. That you can you can cut and paste um, and use. But on the other hand, if you are if you've been familiar with working with Excel and you know you type in formulas to Excel and you kind of know the beginning of your your formula and you start typing in some, uh, for example, and then you get the sum, sum if all these other type of calculations uh, of formulas. Uh, so you get that type ahead and. Power BI also know all your field names, all your table names, everything. So you don't have to worry so much about typing. It's actually pretty easy to, to start putting together once you've just played with, with DAX a little bit. Um, so the learning curve on, on DAX and just getting started is, is actually fairly low. And you can always find help just um, just by searching for it online. So that I would say that's probably one of the, once you've gotten over that, that first hurdle there, you can start working on your, your KPIs and, and basically um, creating your, your formulas for your KPIs with the DAX, DAX language. Um, doesn't sound it sounds like maybe you have to learn a new language, but it's fairly straightforward. If you've been working with Excel, uh, typing in formulas in Excel, it's something that, that you'll get the hang of pretty quickly.
0: Okay, before we continue I would like to say that this episode is sponsored by PowerObjects CRM University. CRM University offers live, technical and developer training on CRM for Dynamics 365. Recommended for CRM owners such as business analysts, data architects, developers and trainers. CRM University courses covers configuration of the platform, BI analytics and reporting as well as extending CRM through the SDK. For more information and public training in North America and the UK visit PowerObjects website on the events page. You can find the link on the episode show notes as well. There must be a downside to Power. BI as well, right? I mean, in CRM, you could do this chart and, and grid where you can use the filter and the drill down in, in both places. If you filter the grid, then the, the chart will update and you can filter using the chart and the grid would update. Can you still do that in Power BI?
1: Yeah, there there are some some downsides to Power BI. I don't know if we'll call them necessarily can call them downsides um, because it's a part of how the service has been structured. And as you mentioned, one of the challenges is that since we are not inside Dynamics 365, you know the type of drill down we can get. You know, we click on a specific column, everything filters down, and we can you know easily just see the records and see the underlying data. It's not a feature that's um, and click on it and open up that specific record is not something that's out of the box in Power BI. But it's actually a good example where there's actually a simple workaround in order to do that. So you can actually, on the individual records and the tables in Power BI, you can create a link field. So there's basically an extra column with a little link icon. And that icon, you can, with with basically you can construct the URL that opens up that specific record inside Dynamics 365 so if you're in Power bi you're looking through your reports and you're doing drill down inside Power bi and you're you know clicking on the different columns and the rest of the visualizations on the report just fill this down according to you know your selections including the tables representing the various records. Um, You can do the same kind of drill down or filtering, and then eventually just click on the individual opportunity, a case, or whatever type of records that you're looking on, and open up that record within Dynamics 365 because you're still in a browser, you're locked into your... your, your AD, you already signed in, so it's a pretty seamless process. And going back and forth there between, uh, going from Power BI to Dynamics 365. So, and that's actually a, I think on CRM, uh, on CRM tip of the day. Uh, I don't remember the number this time, but there's a step by step process on on how to do that. Um, and I had a very small contribution to that. I just had a little contribution on how to make the link look a little bit nicer, um, but otherwise, I think the the credit there goes to to Scott Sewell who wrote the the post. Um, so that definitely added some uh, capabilities to it. That was something that, that I thought was initially missing from Power BI. So so that's a great little workaround. And I don't know if we even want to call it a workaround at this point, because if you look at some of the content packs and the solution templates, the sales management solution templates from Microsoft, which is basically a pre-made Power BI report and dashboard and data model that you can use and and you know, make changes to. Um, actually, uses that same methodology in order to create those links and easily get back and forth to the to the records. Um, but while it's not a built-in feature, um, you can definitely work around it um, like that. Um, To that specific feature is something that only really works inside the reports Um, if you wanna do the filtering because you can't do filtering within a dashboard inside Power BI. So you have to go that extra step before you can get to the feature. But if you add that type of records to a dashboard, you can have those direct links uh, from your Power BI dashboards straight to your Dynamics 365 records. So that wasn't a very good answer because as I talked through it, it wasn't really a downside, right? (laughs) Yeah,
0: too bad, too bad for me then.
1: Uh, initially, if I was a dancer. Um, but on the other hand, there are, there are definitely uh, downsides to... to uh, I wouldn't necessarily call them downside, but there's definitely things that you have to be cautious of. Um, and one of those is the security aspect of Power BI. So because, if Marcus, if you're the system administrator in an environment and you create a Power BI uh, file data model, you upload it to the Power BI service, looks great. And then you share it with me um, because you're not being cautious and I'm not the system administrator, I'm a customer service rep. So, and I actually don't have access to all the sales data. However, as you are sharing the data with me, you're sharing it within Power BI. Um, that means I will get access to all the data that you have shared, regardless of my security roles inside Dynamics 365. Because we are not looking at the data in Dynamics 365, we're looking at all the the, the data that's been imported into Power BI, and that's what you've been had access to, and is now sharing with other individuals within Power BI itself. So there are definitely some, some security concerns, or aspects that you want to be careful with when you're creating your, your Power BI uh, data models. Uh, specifically, you know, who are you sharing your, your dashboards with? Who are you sharing data with from, from Power BI? Um, because it's not taking the, it, it literally just doesn't care about your Dynamics 365 security privileges. It's what you have access to in Power BI that, that matters.
0: So if you have a a geographical split then, so you have Europe and North America and you don't want them looking at each other's, it's not that they're not allowed. It's just that they care about their own stuff and not the other ones. So you want to make life easier for them. So how do you achieve that then? Do you make two of them?
1: One option is that you could make, make you know, a Power BI report for each region that's basically modified for each region that only pulls the correct data. Um, that is an option. Um, obviously, we don't like to do make the same report or make the same anything twice if you can have something that, that updates dynamically. But in this case, you said, it's not that they are not allowed to, it's just that they don't care. We could probably work around it that they have the data and they could fairly easily filter it down to just their specific region. Um, which which would be fairly simple to do. However, if they're not allowed to see uh, see these specific opportunities and everything from the other um, from the other regions, then you have to make sure that that data uh, or the Power BI dashboard and Power BI data that's being shared with them, the data set, does not include any of the data that they're not allowed to see. Of course, another approach is that instead of sharing the Power bi dashboard because it shares the data set with it you could create the report yourself and then have an individual from each team basically load it with their security roles so they can only see what the team's allowed to see and then those individuals shares it within the team. so you're kind of putting a little bit of extra work on some of the super users or power users within the individual teams. So it's one of those areas that's not a, a great solution uh, yet. Uh, it might be coming, but, but for now, the security aspect of it is just something that you have to be aware of and you have to make sure that you know, people know what they're doing when they're sharing um, dashboards in, in Power BI. Because that's also something that's opposite from when, you know, what we've been saying with Dynamics 365, um, that you know, whenever you share a dashboard, you share charts, you share views, you, do really, you don't have to worry about security. Um, you create an Excel file, for example, and send it to somebody else. Well, then that's more obvious. You're taking data out of the system and sending it to somebody else. Um, it might not be as obvious to the users sharing a Power BI dashboard that they're also sharing the data set itself. Um, so that's something that's, you know, part um, part training and part something you have to, to work around.
0: Okay, and it sounded like in your example that the report... It's more of a template style then. So this is the template of the visualizations that you're going to go- to use. Now go ahead and load it with your data that you can access from CRM.
1: Yes, k- kind of. So, so what I was actually referring to is if I created um, the reports in, in a Power BI file, I could actually send those to other people without data in it. So they would basically open it up in their Power BI desktop application and connect it to the data source with their credentials, and then all the information would be loaded under under their credentials. Similar to when you're using a content pack from from Microsoft, for example, that you actually have a pre-made report, but you're basically putting in your own credentials and then load the data under your own credentials. So what we are missing uh, for now, at least, is is an option, um, at least when we are connecting directly to Dynamics 365, is an option to do the same and say, whenever somebody is looking, it needs to be in the context of their security role. That's kind of the option that we're we're missing at that point. So that's one of the the downsides. And that's one of the areas that when I've been training on on business intelligence and Power BI, it's getting a lot of questions on. Um, so that that's one of the areas that I know Microsoft is also looking into, uh looking into an, as well and see what they can do to to basically make that more more advanced because right now it's you know you share the data set you get access to everything so you want to be sure that you only share it with the proper individuals
0: and before you said okay you have to really prepare your data model to be able to do good charts and to able to uh, filter easily because otherwise it gets overwhelming and or you get too much data just so that can be hard if you want to add things that not there
1: then. So yeah, you need, you need access to, to the data model, right? In order to be able to add things that were missing. So, you know, that, that's the other side of what I was saying in the beginning that you, you, you nicely pointed out like, well, scale everything down to just the entities, tables, fields that you need. Uh, on the other hand, what if I forget something? Um, you know, you need to come back and add it. That's pretty easy if you're the one who made it. Uh, You know, you can just come back and add those tables and fields in that you you need and add them to your data model and then share it with the users. However, if you're the one of those users that, you know, you're the one who somebody else shared that dashboard with you, you don't have access to make modifications to the data model. Um, You're going to need to do that on your own. So that also depends on your access to Dynamics 365, for example. Um, but on the other hand, like you're not stopping any users from basically connecting Power BI to to Dynamics 365 and, and running their own reports and modifying their own data model, basically in context of their, their security profile.
0: So if they just want to check something that they, oh, oh, perhaps this is something interesting and they want to just check it, something ad hoc, then they have to be it's a little bit more tedious
1: that would be that's not necessarily where where i would use power bi for example um and that's a good point of of where power bi doesn't necessarily fit in if you have those ad hoc reporting um those can be difficult to to do in in power bi if Whatever you need is not a part of the data model. Uh, in this case, you know, export the information to Excel, use some of the Excel services, or use the built-in charts. The chart editor, um, the views, all the filtering capabilities um, can still be utilized. They're obviously not going away. They definitely have the advantages. And one of those is like the ad hoc reporting. Like I need to quickly check out something that's been going on with, with my data. Um that gives you the flexibility to just pull some data out and do something quick with it. Um, that's not power bi's forte. Um, if you're really comfortable with power bi you could you could probably do that. Um, but uh, that's one of the areas where um, the charts and and the Excel integration is likely a better better option.
0: Okay, so any other downsides?
1: So, let's see, we went through the main, the main ones, the security, the, the ad hoc. Uh, one question that I get quite often uh, actually is, I have this report for customers, and I want to put this specific Power BI tile from my dashboard on this little report that's on the customer form, on the account form, for example, and have it be specific to that individual customer. That's something that you can do with, with charts, for example. So you can do like a an analysis form for the individual customer and just add all your, your charts to it. That's something that you can't really do with Power BI. So one thing is you can try and iframe the Power BI component and put it on there. Um, but Power BI specifically prohibits you to iframe its component. There's some ways that you can work around that, but it does require a, a developer and some... Uh, quite a few number of steps that you have to go through in order to do that. So it's not really something that you can, that Power BI allows you to do. The closest thing that you can really get is creating a URL inside Dynamics 365 that you put on the account form, for example. And then when you click on it, it basically pops out a new window with that Power BI report automatically filtered to that specific customer. So that's kind of the closest that you, you can get. Um, although I do understand that the requirement is say, hey, I want to open up my account form. I want to see those nice Power BI tiles there too. And that's actually not so much a limitation of necessarily of Power BI. I think this is more something that was done by design because Power BI is not really intended for um, for, for say that customer specific Uh, reporting, you can definitely go into Power BI and do it and drill down and see statistics on the individual customer, but it's not intended to be shown or work with in context of an individual customer. Um, That's actually something that Dynamics Customer Insights is specifically designed for. Um, But that was a question I was getting a lot uh, on on some of the Power BI classes. How do I do this in Power BI? And I think that the best answer is probably, uh, you know, Right now, there's, there's a few workarounds, but otherwise wait for Dynamics Customer Insights, a DCI. So now I'm, I'm putting this term out here, Dynamics Customer Insights. So if you want to know that is, that was what was formerly known as Azure Customer Insights. And, uh, but just recently changed its name. And from what I hear, it's probably going to be released with the next update of Dynamics 365. Uh, I'm not making any promises, but... Um what's different about custom insights versus Power BI is because they're basically both analytical tools. They take the data out of Dynamics 365. Um, you create your visualizations, your KPIs, all your calculations, everything is being updated on a continual basis. Um, however, The main difference is a Power BI is basically your executive reporting tool. You have all your data and you're basically looking at your organization as a whole, whereas Dynamics Customer Insights, keyword there being Customer Insights, is designed specifically to put all your data, your KPIs in context of a individual customer profile. So when you do go to your account form or your contact form, you can actually... Put all those visualizations, KPIs, etc., on the form from Customer Insights. So soon we'll get this additional uh, analytical tool. So it's not just going to be Power BI. It's actually going to be that we're going to be working it with uh, within Dynamics 365. It's going to be uh, Power BI and Customer Insights. And Customer Insights is going to fill that space where you know you want to do something that's unique—not uh, necessarily unique, but but Put charts visualizations on the forms for the for the account or for the customer, um, and even here in the preview version um, of Customer Insights, uh, you can see that once you create your dashboards or your 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 panes as it's called there, uh, and your widgets as they're called instead of tiles, you actually can get the embed links from there. And that is basically handing you all those iframe and embed links uh, and make it really easy to put those in into your applications, uh, put them in within Dynamics 365. Something that I was just talking about that Power BI actually made fairly difficult. Um, so, and that's really a question of which tool is designed for which purpose. So, you know, but since nobody really haven't seen that much of customer insights yet, uh, a lot of people have been trying to do something with Power BI here, like the, the record specific tiles. Um, that you know there's a new tool coming that's designed specifically for this
0: but i would say that power bi is more of the broad analysis than the record per record thing because it's like okay you can have one gig and or 10 gigs of data and and then okay what are the trends and what can i drill down to from that point of view and that seems to be a logical then. Sort of boundary that, no, this is not what this was designed for. You have the charts where you can say, okay, what are the cases from for this customer over the time? Then,
1: yeah. Well, but I think where where the in the district, I think where that that came from because um, I I I may be more. Um, so like charts may be my first option to do something more so than than most people, just because you know I've been writing about them for, for so long, and um, you know um, I'm getting pretty used to the chart XML by now. So it's not that much work for me to make modifications to it and do something that would you know create those KPIs within the customer record. On the other hand, I can also see the point that like you know you have Power BI. It's it's basically being promoted as a you know, analytical tool that can do all these great things. You get all these great new visualizations and you can definitely tell when you put up a Power BI visualization next to one of the, like the standard charts, it definitely looks a lot nicer. So you want your application to look nice. So you want to say, Hey, why can't I put this information in there? We have the data, right? We have the visualizations. Um, so why can't I put it in there? Um and that's kind of the gap that, you know, we haven't seen an update to the charts in a very long time. All right. It's I I do updates to some of my old blog posts every now and then, but I have to say that it's it's pretty rare that something new happens with the the chart XML of .NET charts or Dynamics 365 gives a new features for that. So, you know, I can see why people are thinking, okay, well I guess not that not that much is happening with the charts and dashboards and what we can do there. Um, Power BI is giving all these great tools and why can't we combine it in there Uh, and that's essentially as you mentioned too like that's not what Power BI is designed to do Um, and that's where you know Custom Insights uh, is coming and it's basically going to fill that gap
0: Okay moving on to refresh rates then so I'm loading data into Power BI but what if something changes after that I mean in CRM you have this okay, the data is now for real since since you opened up the window, that is the data.
1: Yeah. So so with the refresh into Power BI, so like yeah, let's take the example. I'm a salesperson, I win an opportunity. I go in and I, you know, mark my opportunity as one. It's great, you know, I wanna go celebrate. I wanna go look at the sales leaderboard on my dashboard. Um, if I have Power BI and we're using the free version, right? I'm gonna to have to wait till the next morning until I see my new position and, and I can brag to my friends about it or my colleagues about it, right? Um, that might be a long time to wait. Um, far too long to brag (laughs) right (laughs) Right. so especially for for like salespeople, right that's like an eternity so um, on the other hand like if you have Power BI Pro which is the paid for version which is 9.95 US dollars per month or something in that order um, you can update your dashboards once an hour up to eight times per day. So basically during the working hours. So, you know, same situation, you would have, worst case, you would have to wait 59 minutes um, or shorter, depending on when you did it during the day. So you, depending on the type of data that you're working with, that could be, you know, an acceptable wait. Sometimes it's not an acceptable wait, especially if you're working with cases um sometimes you have SLAs and cases that you have to respond to stuff within 30 minutes um you know then your hourly refresh rate is not not something that <laughs> you know is going to work out you know because you you might break your SLA before you even before you even see it not something that <laughs> you know is going to work out
0: yeah that's going to fall down
1: you know because you know you might break your SLA before you even before you even see it so however with Dynamics 365 and Power BI, the refresh rate is actually something that, that you can work with and that you can do something about. Because when we talk about these refresh rates, either like daily, uh, every 24 hours, or once an hour up to eight times per day. Um, that is when we connect Power BI directly to Dynamics 365. And we import all the data into the Power BI service. And then it displays the data from there. With Dynamics 365, we actually have another option, um, and that is using the the new data export service to basically replicate all the relevant parts, at least, of your Dynamics 365 uh, organization into an Azure database, an Azure SQL database using the, the data export service. And the data export service will then keep your uh, Azure SQL database updated, and it does that. Pretty fast. so And when I say pretty fast, so when I test it, it updates the data within a minute. So when you put in new opportunities, new cases, even if you throw a lot of data at it, you know it updates within a minute or minutes. I think the key here is to say Microsoft is not promising anything specific. So while it has great performance, uh, they're not promising you that it'll always be great performance. Maybe one day it'll be five minutes. Maybe one day it'll be fifteen minutes. But generally, as as I uh, as I've seen it now in the cases that I've used it, the updates go through really really fast. So you basically have this Azure SQL database with all your relevant Dynamics three hundred and sixty five data, and the data export service handles like all the um, the fields the metadata, um, whatever you're you're sending over there. Now, the reason that's relevant um, when we're talking about the refresh rates is that with Power BI, if you have Power BI Pro, you can actually connect to your Azure SQL database with a direct query, which means that instead of importing data into the Power BI service, we're basically going to query the Azure SQL database directly when you look at this chart. So, instead of waiting an hour when from you update your opportunity, if you replicate it into, and it's, it it sounds off, but then we're actually going to take this opportunity, we're going to replicate the changes into the Azure SQL database, then Power BI is going to query the Azure SQL database and display the updated Um, sales leaderboard and that's all going to happen like in in less than a minute so when you go to your power bi dashboards inside dynamics 365 you'll you're basically looking at data that's minutes old um, at most so you can definitely get around that Um, and this is actually something that in my power bi presentation when i talk about the power the, the the data export service is something that I demo on a regular basis. So it's it's a, it's a, it's a service that I'm quite comfortable with um, and, and works great for demos because you can update your opportunity and then you basically you know, show the, the data export table and you can see things are being updated and you go look at your dashboard and look at the report and it's going to query the SQL database and you have all your updated results there. So um, to me, I think the data export service is definitely going to become more and more relevant in terms of when it comes to to reporting on your your data, uh, your Dynamics 365 data, because it adds some some additional benefits. Not just the time, which it could be a huge factor, um, but you could also take advantages of having a separate SQL database. So you can start using uh, filtered views. You can actually do SQL reporting. You can. Um, basically replicate multiple CRM instances into the same Azure SQL database um, and use uh, other data too and replicate it into the same database. So you basically get a database just for reporting. At the same time, all your reporting queries, everything that you're doing uh, will query the sql database instead of your operations environment where everybody's working in so you definitely get an advantage there is that those continual queries that people are looking up looking at dashboards that's going to query a lot of information all the time in your operation system won't happen they're going to basically query uh, a database designed specifically for that Um, so you're going to put basically put less stress in your operations environment too which is in the same manner that the customer inside is going to be working too, is that we're basically taking all of those queries outside of the system, putting them into Azure um, and use Dynamics 365 only for like all the, the operational people actually creating new records or typing in new, new items. And
0: then you remove the limitations of the storage as well, right? I mean, you pay for the storage on the SQL or uh, Azure database and you pay per gigabyte or something, and then you can go for 100 or whatever.
1: True, yeah. So, well, in Dynamics 365, since we're only replicating the data, uh, you're still going to pay for your storage in Dynamics 365, and you're also going to pay for your Azure SQL database. Uh, However, if you have very large amounts of data, using the direct query can actually get you around the 10 gigabyte limit that Power BI has, for example, because it's not bringing any of the data in to Power BI. It's basically just querying your, your database directly. Um, so you, there, there's some workarounds there. You, you're gonna have to pay for Power BI Pro uh, regardless. though, if you wanna take advantage of the direct query, so you'll also get get the, the extra storage included in there.
0: Yeah, so that can help with that. So this data export service, this isn't really part of the new common data service right this is a different thing
1: correct correct um and it's also interesting to see where where the common data service will will fit into that it with the data export service is kind of its own service if anybody um, and i actually always recommend this is anybody want to try out the data export service Um, it can be a little complicated to set up if you try to set it up manually because you're going to need like Azure PowerShell, you're going to need to create a key vault um, and get a get a URL that you can use, create it with your your PowerShell for with all the Azure commandlets, and set some things up in some databases up in Azure. However, if you go to Power BI, uh, PowerBI.com, the website, and look at the area called Solution Templates, there's a solution template for sales management for Dynamics 365. If you want that template, all you basically have to do is, you're gonna to have to make sure you have an Azure trial in advance, um, but otherwise all you have to do is basically log into your Azure service, log into Dynamics 365, uh, and allow this template to use your credentials. And then it sets up the data export service for you, uh, sets up the database for you, sets up your key vault for you, connects everything, and give you a great solution template Power BI file at the end of it um, that connects to the proper database and has some great examples for how to do of like the financial reporting year-to-date, quarter-to-date stuff that I was talking about earlier. So that's definitely one I recommend. And you can set that up in like 15, 20 minutes. Um, so it's a pretty pretty painless process. If you're going to use it in a production environment, yeah, definitely uh, um, look into how to set it up manually. But if you just want to try it out, the data export service and and see how it works and play with it and try and connect Power BI to it um, and see actually how much faster it is, because it is, is significantly faster than connecting to Dynamics 365 directly. Uh, we're talking up to 20 times faster in loading data from the database. So for that reason alone, it's, it could be worth checking out. Um, so you know, go to the solution templates area of Power BI there and, and try out the template. Um, as I mentioned, it takes like 15, 20 minutes to set up, uh, depending on the amount of the data that you have. And it basically does all the hard work for you. Um, so you can do that. Um, that's always my my recommendation.
0: So if I want to know more about KPIs and analytics and Power BI, where do I go?
1: So um, good good question. PowerBI.com, the community on PowerBI.com is a, is a, is a great place to start. They have a lot of information. Um, if I, if I may, I'm also going to mention my, my blog, I've, you know, of course you can ventured out from just writing about, about charts to also write about power BI and all the analytical features. So the premise of my blog for, you know, was basically analytics with the tools we have within Dynamics 365. So the, within Dynamics 365, I'm, I'm being a little liberal with at this point, but, you know, basically all the tools designed for dynamics three sixty five that we can work with and do do analysis with. Um so um but otherwise also check out um caption radio's Power B I corner a part of CM audio if if I may uh Recommend some of your competition there, Marcus. I hope that's okay. Um, but they have a have a ten minute podcast here. I think every other week where they discuss um, discuss what what's happening with analytics and Power BI in uh, Dynamics three sixty five. So that's focused very specifically on the on the analytics side. Um, so and I was actually a, a guest speaker on one of the episodes here recently. We were talking about one of the the Power BI embedded services. Um, That's coming up soon. Um, But otherwise, the Power BI forum, check out the community blogs. This is definitely a great place to start. And as I mentioned too, if you're working with Power BI and you're specifically working with KPIs formulas, don't forget to search for, you know, use DAX, D-A-X. Um, instead of necessarily searching for how do I do X Y C in Power BI, I also look at how do you do X Y C in DAX, and you might get a lot more results. And you can basically tap into all those other services and environments and communities that use the same the same language.
0: And look at the content pack for inspiration. Get the Power BI Desktop application, and then create your own data model, and be really conscious about what you choose there follow the guidelines keep it simple that's a great start
1: absolutely yeah and when they come to the content packs i would say um make sure you check out the solution templates sales management solution templates for dynamics 365 that is the the best one of them and it it's also gives you access to it's easier for you to change out the data source and and work with not just for the data export service that that it helps you set up But also just for the the Power BI file that you get at the end um, has a lot of great examples and a lot of great calculations that that you can utilize. And basically, you know, cut and paste, take some shortcuts. No reason to reinvent the wheel.
0: So do you have any public speaking or something like that coming up? Where can we find you next?
1: So... Um, coming, coming up, I I will actually be in. Uh, interestingly, I'll be in Romania in Bucharest to to do some accelerate trainings here next month. Um, but that's the the only thing I have scheduled right now, which is not specifically analytics related. Um, you know, it's a standard customization and configuration accelerate classes. Um, but otherwise, I definitely hope it's something that I I really enjoy doing. And I get, and one of the reasons I enjoy it is I get a lot of great questions from people. So, um, you know, that, that, you know, when people have questions I can't answer, I I always use that and look into it, and you know that's where I, I learn a lot of new things. It's basically people asking me those those questions. Um, so that's great. That's my <laughs> the, the the selfish reasons for doing it. That you know it helps helps me in in improve what I'm what I'm doing and f- help improve future presentations. too.
0: Thank you for your participation in room Rocks Ulrich Carlson.
1: Thank you very much, Marcus. I appreciate the invite.
0: And thanks to you who are listening. And don't forget that I publish every episode to serumrocks.com and Facebook. And you can just search for it and comment there. And see you next time on Serum Rocks.